caregiver sathi brings to you conversations with gentle warriors a series of our live facebook sessions where caregivers share their caregiving journeys now in a podcast format to catch them live follow our youtube and facebook pages Uh, welcome, Sudeshna. Welcome to Gentle Warrior Conversations. Hi, uh, thank you. Good to have you with us uh, today. Uh, I look forward to listening to your story, your caregiving journey. But before we go ahead, please tell us who is Sudeshna Banerjee. It's a good question because I myself have a tough time sometimes thinking of that. I am the only child of my parents. um mostly i lived lived abroad in uh, a few different countries and uh, it's always been the three of us together um i did my engineering and mba uh, in us and canada respectively i had uh, worked in both those countries for almost uh, a combination of about uh, two decades and uh, the last 6 years i have been over 6 years i have been here in uh, calcutta india uh, been here for both my parents um uh, uh, for uh, their caring needs uh, they, they were aging and uh, having age related ailments and uh, so i ended up uh, staying here for a while so that's when your caregiving journey began Yes um actually my uh, parents uh, and I like we like I mentioned earlier we lived abroad most of our lives and about uh, in the early uh, about 2002 was when they both came back to Calcutta but I stayed on in uh, in US and uh, I would from time to time hear from my mother about my father not keeping well and having to get hospitalized and my mom both Uh, managed that, and she was well into. I mean, she was in her early seventies. Both my parents were in their early to mid seventies during that time, and uh, I've seen my mother play, uh, do a lot of heavy lifting while caregiving for my father. My father was quite independent, and except for the times when he would be hospitalized, he would need some looking after. Otherwise, he was the kind to you know quickly uh, recuperate and get back on his feet uh, after every health setback. So um, between 2002 till about 2015-16, around that time, my mother had been primarily uh, looking after my father. and she used to take care of his medications make sure they uh, they were given on a time in a timely manner in a, at a, in around uh, the year uh, 2010 uh, there was this one time when my father was quite uh, ill and i remember my mother telling me look we need you uh, we need you to come back and uh, be there with us and she was quite overwhelmed at that point of time little did i know what she was dealing with or i let her not understand so she was dealing with what we call the caregiver burnout at that point of time she had just lost her mother and my father was quite ill in the icu and uh, so i uh, chose to take leave and come here and be with my parents for about a few months and my father came back home he started recuperating and he did pretty well by then i had already uh, uh, resigned from my work and everything uh, in the us so um, 
once he recovered, I decided to go back to Canada and uh, work on my master's. So um, after I finished my master's, I again came back home uh, to Calcutta to help, uh, to just check in on parents. I used to travel in and out uh, of Calcutta every two, uh, twice, uh, twice every year just to, you know, uh, spend some time with them, take care of any uh, medical checkups that they may have uh, pending, get their medicines and everything in order, uh, whatever tests they require. But when I came back after my graduation in, uh, in uh, 2014, um, I, I just came for a break because I was about to start a new job in Canada and I just thought okay you know let's let me because it will be another year before which I would be able to come back and check in on my parents so just to you know get them settled and see if they needed anything and that is when this my role as a caregiver began and it was very unexpected it was not something I had even any clue about um, Towards the end of 2014, my mother, who used to be very healthy and very strong, suddenly uh, got hospitalized. And uh, anyways, it was not too bad. She came back home after about 10 days of hospitalization. Uh, we worked on rehabilitating her. And then my father uh, got admitted. So from that end of 2015 till about um, end of 2016, between my parents, uh, between both my parents, there were about 11 hospitalizations. And in 2016 of March, my father passed away. He was um, diagnosed with uh, kidney failure and ended up on dialysis. Um, given his age and other comorbidities, he, uh, he passed away after a few months. And uh, right after that, my mother also started uh, keeping quite unwell. For someone who used to be so strong and sturdy for so many decades, um, suddenly every year she would go through at least two, one or two hospitalizations, sometimes even three. So she suffered that way for about four and a half years. And then as of uh, September 2020, she passed away. So my role as a caregiver started uh, looking at two things. One, how my mother played the role of a caregiver to my father. And also how initially I was having to manage both my parents' health, mom and dad at the same time. And and again, being the only child, that becomes uh, kind of a challenge sometimes because when it comes to making decisions, when, when it comes to sharing the workload or, you know, uh, any of the uh, responsibilities, it's all on you. Um, so... Even though there are families, uh, family members or relatives around, but the onus is on you to kind of uh, take the decisions that uh, that are important or uh, that are uh, very uh, time constrained, uh, that, that require time constraints. So, and also having to figure things out logistically, financially, medically, setting up a team uh, of uh, professionals who would, you know, be there to uh, take care of the patients. That was, and that had become a uh, pretty big task. I mean, I could relate with that last part that you spoke about, being the only child in this journey. Uh, you really need that kind of support. Sometimes I wish I had an elder brother. Like this Sochcast? 
Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Um, not just that, having to give up your career, having to see your mother experience caregiver burnout, uh, and you know, a being not so prepared for or not expecting to be a caregiver so soon. All these challenges. Other than that, what were other hurdles or major challenges that you had to deal with? Uh, some of the challenges that I came across first and foremost, I barely lived in Calcutta or in India to begin with. So, getting used to a completely new environment, get, getting an understanding of how the medical system works here, building relationship with the uh, uh, necessary doctors. and you know uh trying to uh create a team where uh, between yourself the medical professionals and everybody else involved trying to build a team and rally the team towards one common goal which would be to uh, make sure that the patients are well taken care of and by that i mean patients are uh, well taken care of medically and uh, psychologically um also in the process ensuring that the dignity of the patients are maintained uh, one of the challenges that i faced was uh, just because both my parents were aging and were dealing with age related ailments thankfully none of them had anything um, dr- uh, drastic but they, they were just dealing with one small like they would have diabetes and then you know COPD or something these are some things most elder uh, elder patients deal with like blood pressure and things like that so one of the things that i faced while uh, approaching the medical professionals was that just because my parents were elderly they were not being treated with as much importance as a patient would if they were uh, a 20 year old or a 30 year old and uh, i guess because the doctor patient ratio is uh, quite uh, i mean there, there are just way too many patients so i think uh, part of the reason is they would maybe want to focus on the patients with whom they have a better chance than the patients who are anyways approaching the end of their lives so for me that thing was a huge problem because i felt the ideally every patient should be treated equally um whether it's a 20 year old or an 80 year old it's not up to the medical professionals to decide who gets better treatment and who does not and so what it took for me was um personally and help them understand from my point of view or from my perspective that these are the only living relatives i've got they are my world so you know uh please treat them like you would if they were your own parents and um the other thing that i faced was uh, and thankfully what happened was um some of the doctors were really understanding very supportive and they came around and they were there with my parents and me till the very end and in fact they actually began to look take care of me also as and when they would say like okay uh, i am also not doing too well or i'm getting burnt out they would you know stop me and say hey take care of yourself and uh, get yourself treated if i have a cold or a cough or a fever or whatever they would be like take care of yourself first and then you know take care of your parents so thankfully uh, i'm very thankful that we were able to find doctors who were 
as compassionate. The other thing I struggled with was understanding the landscape of the medical industry here in Calcutta. Uh, the, la the last time I was here in Calcutta was probably uh, when more than 20 years ago. So for me, the medical industry had evolved quite a bit. And not only that, I felt it had become very commercialized, uh, especially uh, when you go to super specialty hospitals. Um, where you would expect a holistic medical uh, approach for treatment, that would not necessarily be the case. It would end up becoming more like just services provided and you pay for it. So I had to get my parents out of this uh, specialty hospital setup and put them in smaller nursing homes. And then, you know, uh, approach each of the specialists who were taking care of my parents and request them to, you know, treat my parents at those uh, nursing homes, which was a much, uh, it, it was challenging, but more doable. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, in, in terms of being able to uh, uh, work with the doctors. The other thing that uh, I struggled with was, uh, and, and it goes back to, you know, the elder patients not getting as much attention or as much care. It's because of the non-existence of the concept of palliative care. And uh, that I believe was uh, something that I believe today also we need to work on and get uh, get more attention to, get, bring about more awareness. So, uh, and maybe if we have more awareness of palliative care, we can then address um, issues like uh, geriatric care or even uh, counseling for uh, counseling for uh, geriatric patients or um, and also for their caregiver what you just say, said makes so much sense to me and uh, this is something that even i experienced uh, even my grandparents the kind of attention that they get is not uh, as good as uh, one would give to a younger person and, uh, you know, qualities such as uh, treating your patients equally with compassion, with empathy, uh, being friendly to the caregiver. All these values are much, much, uh, makes a doctor or a healthcare professional much uh, better. And uh, uh, you also happen to mention that uh, you found uh, friendly healthcare professionals uh, in your journey who happen to advise and look after your health as well. Uh, so uh, from that and uh, what other things, what other routines or what other um, factors did you uh, involve in your routine such that you took care of yourself? Initially, um, looking after myself was never a priority, which was a very bad idea because uh, once my health began to uh, scream out for help, uh, that's when I realized that wasn't a very good idea. But <laughs> thankfully, some of my mother's doctors were nice enough to, you know, notice that in me. And they would tell me to slow down. We are there to, you know, take care of your mom. And also help me realize that everything that is being done is the best that can be done for them. So not to get over obsessed, not to get over um, involved, but to try and find a balance between caregiving for the patient and caregiving for yourself. 
which was a great blessing because uh, initially it was hard to find doctors who would understand the situation from a caregiver's perspective. And like I said, you know, there isn't uh, much of palliative care um, awareness here. And also the fact that um, um, counseling, um, counseling is against, again, a concept uh, which many people shy away from. <clears throat> And counseling for both the patient and the caregiver as a joint session is very important. Um, as long as the patients are lucid, coherent, and are, and are able to follow instructions, they should be uh, able to attend online or in-person counseling sessions. Because, see, from a caregiver's point of view, it is very hard to understand sometimes what the patient is going through physically, psychologically. <clears throat> when their body is ailing, they become uh, like the symptoms that you see is uh, that you see are something like you know mood swings, lethargy, depression, things like that. But from a caregiver's perspective, sometimes that's very difficult to comprehend, especially when you don't have that experience. So you need sometimes a professional lead in the form of a doctor or a counselor to help you understand that when they, the patients are going through such uh, changes in their bodies due to the ailments, uh, they may develop a lack of taste or a lack of interest. So, so how do you um, create that interest in them or how do you try to help them find comfort in the situation that they are in? At the same time, maintaining their dignity. My two most important goal was to help make sure that they were comfortable and that they had their dignity maintained till the very end. I'm sure the ones who are watching the live are also smiling with me because I am learning a lot from whatever you're saying. You know, not only the importance of uh, a support system, not only an imp the importance of a better healthcare system, but also uh, the need to have sources that provide education and prepare you for your caregiving journey. So I am definitely going to, you know, <laughs> keep these things in mind. Thank you for that. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Is there anything that you want to uh, share with caregivers or uh, those who are watching this video? So by that, I mean even those people who are well-wishers to other caregivers. Anything that you want to say to them? I think uh, as a caregiver, it's very important to go out there and try to build a support system. Uh, many people will take up your offer, many will not. But you keep trying and you will find people who are compassionate. Uh, that was so important for me being the, single, uh, being the only child of my parents. Because if I didn't have the support system, I wouldn't have been able to support my parents as much as I could have. And uh, <clears throat> the other thing for those who are well-wishers of caregivers, what I would tell them is to, you know, uh, first and foremost, not be judgmental. Um, this is one thing, and maybe I, I faced a lot, and maybe it's because uh, it was just like how it was hard for me to understand what my parents were going through. It was probably even hard for them to understand what I was going through as a caregiver. So just, you know, to give them space, to uh, hear them out, 
and to not be forceful with your opinions because sometimes uh, as a caregiver you are the best person to know what solution works for you you're always open to ideas but if for some reason you're rejecting an idea you're not able to implement an idea that doesn't mean you're rejecting that person or their thoughts it just means that it, the solution is not workable in your situation and uh, so a lot of times you know there, there would be a lot of uh, conflicts or I, i wouldn't say conflicts but there would be uneasiness arising out of uh, situations that were not uh, judged properly or assessed properly and and i think it's important for well wishers of caregivers to realize that caregivers will have caregiving burnout and they will also go through mood swings they will go through you know uh, moments of um, happiness and also through moments of you know uh, frustration especially when their loved ones are ailing or are in a serious uh, uh, condition in the hospitals so yeah not to judge people at that point of time it's so important i think we are very quick to jump to conclusions we are in this uh, age of you know everything has to be instant and we are very instantaneously judgmental so that would be my uh, primary message to uh, when wishes of caregivers wow <laughs> that last line stayed with me um so uh, what i hear now from you is that there were so many emotions strong emotions and so many thoughts that you have to sit with so i want to know uh, and i am sure uh, caregivers watching the video would want to know from you is as an individual what did you do to cope with those emotions or difficult uh, feelings or thoughts or grief or loss that you experienced how did you sit with that that's a tough question um what i i think being coming to acceptance of the situation is so important initially the reason uh, at the beginning of my caregiving journey i had a very tough time for two reasons one is because i couldn't understand what was going on the other thing is i was not in acceptance of the situation but once with understanding comes acceptance and once acceptance comes then you are more at peace um it took me a long time to come to the understanding that my parents are at the end of their journey and there will be a time when they have to leave and all i can do is just make sure that they are comfortable and that they are treated with dignity and there is a quote by uh, melinda gates that uh, often uh, used to inspire me and it still does if you can make the life of even one person um better your life is worth living and what used to keep me going is the fact that i knew that if the roles were re- reversed um my parents would not even think twice they would not even think twice to do, do whatever it took to help make sure that i was well taken care of so it's not too much of um thoughts that you put through i mean it's it's just uh, i don't know how to explain that but uh, you you don't think through it much you just uh, act i mean you just do whatever needs to be done at that point of time 
but i think the quote and what you shared from your experience stays as a motivation for others i hope so yes it did uh, personally for me uh, i liked how you um, accepted the fact that uh, you know we need support we need to build that kind of network around us uh, we need to actively find people not just well wishers but also healthcare professionals who will care for us along with the patient and uh, i really admired the lessons that you had to share with us today uh just one thing i wanted to add um we had a lot of people who have take care of my mother and my father uh like nurses attendants and they would it, it was important to find the right people for the patients but it was also important to be there for them it's kind of a symbiotic relationship uh you know they are there for you during your times of need and yes you are paying them for it but you also have to be a human being and provide extend any support that they might need like if they have somebody eating at home you give them a day off or if they have something else going on you pray. so it has to be a two way relationship because that's the only way we you can garner support uh, and create a sturdy support system so it shouldn't be a one way uh, relationship working like a team that's how you build a team yeah. thank you for that uh, i want to know after listening to your story after listening to so much uh, you know to take away from your story uh, i want to know how you are feeling at this point you know looking back i realize um, yes i may have made some mistakes uh, my father had uh, passed away 4 months after falling ill and whatever i learned from his uh, from my experience of caregiving for him i made sure i applied that with my mother and that took us a long way uh, that took us a long way uh, just making sure making sure that i understood how the medical system worked here what doctors were good Uh, or who would be understanding of uh, my mother's uh, situation and my situation or uh, what kind of help would be understanding of our household needs uh, and caregiving needs uh, finding support in the form of you know even uh, uh, even uh, you know having friends giving you ideas or uh, like maybe you're not able to find a solution and then having some friends offer a solution which you might not have thought of so again going back to the concept of creating a very robust support system so you can do that even if you're the only child you can do that even if you're on by yourself and it doesn't have to be in the form of uh, relatives or friends it can be even strangers and that's what happened in our case so with when i look back i feel and and i don't mean to say this uh, i say this with a lot of humility that i did the best i could i tried the best i could and my motive was to make sure that i don't have any regrets so hopefully <laughs> that works i am proud of you too thank you
If you can identify with this story, please share it with others who care for someone and help them share too. The feeling of being understood, not being alone, and access to support is what keeps caregivers going. What part of this story connected with you? Do you have a story to share? Do let us know.